This is Stereoactive Presents. I'm your host, Jeremiah McVeigh. And in this episode, I'm joined by Charles Henshaw, and we are going to be talking about the Oscar nominations that just were announced yesterday as I'm recording this intro here that you're listening to at the moment. So basically, we were already slated to record a couple of movie discussions the night that the uh, Oscar nominations were announced. And so we decided to kind of call an audible and do this. We wanted to talk about the Oscar nominations with some of our first early reactions, if you want to call it that. So we went through all the categories pretty much. Uh, Well, we went through them all. We had opinions on most of them. There was a few where we just haven't seen those nominees, which we'll mention as we go along. Um, But yeah, it was a fun conversation and uh, we'll get to it in just a moment. I did want to mention a couple of things that we just didn't think to bring up in our conversation or I didn't really know at the time um, that that I thought were notable. So one, I, I do wish personally that the young actor from Anatomy of a Fall, the one who plays the son, um, I believe you say his name, uh, Milo Machado Graner. I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly at all, so apologies. But uh, I do wish he'd been nominated for Supporting Actor. Uh, I'm not sure who I would have taken out of that category, but I thought he was really good in that role, and it would have been uh, a welcome thing to see him there if, if, if that had been possible. Also, we did not talk about how Leonardo DiCaprio was not nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, it just slipped our mind, I guess, because it didn't surprise us that much <laughs> somehow. Um, I mean, it is a bit of a surprise. He's one of the biggest actors in the world and usually gets nominated for a role like this. But as I had heard pointed out on another podcast I listened to after we had recorded our own episode, um, basically, he's been sort of like in the background this award season, sort of supporting Martin Scorsese and especially Lily Gladstone and their campaigns for awards. So maybe that just kind of didn't leave him the space to campaign for himself and whatever, who cares? Uh, (laughs) That is a stacked category, so uh, whatever. And then I do think it's worth pointing out that Greta Gerwig, despite not getting her uh, Best Director nomination, she is the first woman to have directed three Best Picture nominees uh, between Lady Bird, Little Woman, and Barbie. And I believe... She's maybe the first filmmaker whose first three directorial efforts were all nominated for Best Picture. I could be wrong on that, but I think that might be the case. And another thing for Killers of the Flower Moon, going back to that, is that it was not nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, which is actually surprising, I think, um, because it's a very well-regarded book. And sometimes that's enough for something to get a nomination, especially when the movie gets so many other nominations for Best Picture, Director, Actress, etc. So that is kind of surprising, and we didn't mention it in the flow of conversation. just didn't occur to us then. But uh, like I said, I just wanted to share some of that. And now uh, we'll take a little break, and in a moment you'll hear my conversation with Chuck. So I'm here with uh, Charles Henshaw and Chuck. Thanks for being here. 
No problem. We're going to go through the Oscar nominations that, as we're recording this, came out this morning. And it is now evening where we are, and there have been plenty of opinions out there. I don't know how much you've engaged with those. Have you paid attention to the people talking about the snubs and the the what the fucks and all that? Or? A little bit. Not, you know, I haven't done any kind of deep dive. Uh, I've talked about it with some people and read some headlines and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing, but certainly haven't been trolling. Yeah. Twitter or X, uh, in order to get, you know, the sort of full sense of what people feel is right or wrong about it. Gotcha. Yeah. I did a little bit of that on, on good old X. Why don't we start off by just going through the categories as they're listed on the Academy website and I'll, I'll read off the nominees and I'll share some thoughts and ask for yours. All right. So we'll start off with actor in a leading role. And the nominees for that are Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers, uh, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. And for me, honestly, no real surprises here. These guys have all been getting plenty of nominations and attention. Um, and if I'd made a prediction in advance, these are probably who I would have guessed. Um, that being said, I think it would have been nice to see Zac Efron in there for the Iron Claw. Uh, mm. I really enjoyed that movie and thought he was quietly amazing in it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that at all. I haven't. But no. what are, what were your thoughts about these nominations? Uh, yeah, I think that I guess I'm kind of surprised. We're not surprised, but uh, was was Coleman Domingo nominated for a Golden Globe? I don't remember, but I think okay. he's been getting a lot of attention, though. And, like, he's been out right. making the rounds. He was in, like, one of those uh, round tables that they do. Yeah, um, right, right. Him and, um, what's his face, Andrew Scott uh, were in the same one with Giamatti mm. and a couple other people. Sure, um, sure. Which Andrew Scott is someone who a lot of people hoped would get nominated but did not. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, that's the only one that I wasn't what might have been surprised i haven't seen the movie so i don't know mm-hmm. um i haven't seen rustin i haven't seen the holdovers and i haven't seen american fiction so i'm kind of not really well educated on this category um but i do feel like i'm curious that, you know it, it kind of feels like killian's year but then maybe this is like the year they give it to Paul Giamatti. Yeah. You know, as like a, more of a career. I don't, I, maybe the role's great too, but certainly from the perspective of like, you know, years of great work and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And not ever really getting much recognition, Giamatti. Right. He, I think he, mm-hmm. I think his only nomination is supporting for Cinderella Man. Is that right? I know he definitely was nominated for that. I'm not sure if it's his only one, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ha- has done a lot of been very, you know, indie darling and mm-hmm. probably has a couple spirit awards on his, uh, on his shelf, but um, yeah, definitely not, not from the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the only one I haven't seen is Rustin. And really the mm-hmm. word on that movie has been that the movie's not very good, but Coleman Domingo is good. And I, certainly believe that based on things I've seen right. him in, especially if Bill Street could talk. Um, sure. 
and I in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was a movie that mm-hmm. I liked all the performers, but not the movie so much. So right. What was that movie with um, Riley Keough? Oh right, I think you and Jackie watched that for our yeah. show, but I did not. Yeah, uh, the one that was based on a Twitter thread that had gone viral. right, right, right. I can't remember what it was called now, but um, yeah, yeah. he was in that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. In that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's Killian Murphy's year, and mm-hmm. I'm definitely all right with that. I thought he was so good in that movie. Um, yeah, as, as you might remember in our. In my review in our episode about that, I I likened him to Peter O'Toole and Lawrence of Arabia in in the type of performance <laughs> he gave. So right, yeah. But um, moving on, actor in a supporting role, the nominees were Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark mm-hmm. Ruffalo for Poor Things. So mm-hmm. again. I don't think there's any real surprises here, but I also think they missed some good possibilities. I don't know why, but Jacob Elordi was just never really in the conversation for his turn as Elvis in Sofia Coppola's Priscilla. And I thought he was so good in that, but I'm not surprised he wasn't nominated because he has not been, as far as I know, nominated for much, if anything, up till now. Um, Also, T.O.U., if I'm pronouncing that correctly, from Past Lives. Yeah. I would have loved for him to have been nominated, and he did get a BAFTA nomination, so it wouldn't have been mm-hmm. out of the realm of possibility based on precursors, as they call them. Um, also, Charles Melton from May-December. Uh, mm-hmm. There was definitely a period where people expected him to get it, and that seemed to kind of wane, so it wasn't shocking, but I, I think he was really good in that movie. Yeah, um, agreed. And in the end, honestly, those three that I just singled out, um, I would have put them in and dropped... Sterling K. Brown in a role that I think is a little too small. Like he's good in that movie, but mm-hmm. it's it's a smaller role that I think other people might deserve nominations more. Mm-hmm. I would have dropped him, De Niro, and Ruffalo just because like De Niro doesn't need another one. <laughs> he's re- <laughs> right, I mean, right, right. All of those people are good in those movies, but like I don't know. I, w- I just would have liked to have seen these other three instead. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I liked. Um... Tao Yu. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Okay. If we're wrong, we're sorry. Yes. Uh and uh from past lives. Yeah, I thought he was really great and um really could have, you know, I would not have been mad at that uh, recognition. And um yeah, we you talk about Jacob Elordi. I wouldn't have minded uh Jacob Elordi for Saltburn. Mm. Um, or in talking about leads, Barry Keoghan for Saltburn. Um, and I did, I, I don't get the Downey love. Oh, I'm there for that actually. Like, I think he's good in the movie, but I also sort of feel like there's a little bit of like, it's Robert Downey Jr. with makeup on going on. (laughs) Sure. Um, I mean, I, 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 th- I think it's definitely a career um, recognition, but I do think he's really good in the movie sure. and deserving. And I think he's probably yeah. going to win. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I think I if think anybody he's... upsets him, it's going to be Ryan Gosling. That's my. Right. I agree. Idea. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's sort of a, a race between. Uh, Downey and and Gosling and 
I think it would be weird if Ryan Gosling won f- for playing Ken. I don't um, know. I, re- I rewatched that movie recently, and he is doing some work in that movie. Like, he's I mean, really he's, yeah. good. It's a he good is. performance. Yeah. I don't disagree. But they also don't, don't love comedy, as we'll get to in a little bit. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so well, it, every be year it becomes it becomes this kind of, and we'll get into it too with the actress category, like this debate for me personally of of what defines an Oscar role. Of course, you know, yeah. like everyone's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, everyone's you know doing it. What's what makes it Oscar worthy? I mean, sometimes I think there's really obvious roles or performances that are just like so above and beyond that it's really clear. But mm-hmm. I think more often than not, it's it's kind of just a collection of people who are very competent and do very well. And it's like, what how, what are you judging it on? Right. Yeah. I mean, this gets back to the question I feel like we've talked about on podcasts um for years uh <laughs> right. you and i and jackie at times um uh, and mm-hmm. just that th- this is all stupid but it's it's like a booster for movies you know that's in right. the end what right. it's good for and and for representation we've talked a lot about how it's important that certain movies and certain people get these awards because it helps them to have careers and it helps the those kind of movies continue to get made um, right yeah right so but but, but beyond yeah. like in, in the end you're right what is an oscar performance it's just well uh, and i don't mean it actually because we have talked a lot about like the futility of it or the utility of, you know like what's the point i'm more sort of saying like all right beyond let's say there is a point mm-hmm. um and perhaps the point is the way is the one you just laid out so what's the yardstick? Like, what's the, um, yeah, but, um, maybe we can get deeper into it with the, are we talking actress next? Cause I feel like that's a good example. Of... Yeah. Yeah. Let's get to that. So actress mm-hmm. in a leading role. The nominees are Annette Benning for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Kellers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Hewler for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. I've seen all but mm-hmm. Nyad personally. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure I'm exactly surprised that Margot Robbie wasn't nominated for Barbie since like we just right. mentioned a little bit ago, the Oscars don't always treat comedic performances well. Mm-hmm. Um, but given that Gosling and America Ferrera were nominated, I do find it odd. And uh, on top of that, I'll throw in something else. I, I really did think Greta Lee would be in here for past lives. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. which is my favorite uh, female actor role of the year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I was, I was kind of bummed that she didn't get in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, what, continue so your I, thoughts from before here. Yeah. So I think both of those people, both Margot Robbie and Greta Lee kind of communicate my uncertainty about it. What defines the Oscar performance? Because um, it seems often that this really is, and I guess this is why it's such a big deal, but it really is like a prestige award uh, as opposed to a performance award. And um, sometimes we're lucky enough that those things align 
that you know someone who for whatever reason in the moment is prestigious is also the performance that is most uh, impactful but it's like margot robbie playing barbie there's almost like a as as much as she's doing work in the movie and is very good at playing barbie it's not really a stretch sure. um it's someone you might think would play barbie Right. Uh, and uh, Greta Lee, it's a great performance, but it's also like it's almost too normal. Yeah. Um, well, well, that gets to at something that I've seen people say, I think, every time these awards are announced, uh, mm -hmm. some version of this, that the Oscars often nominate an award the most acting instead of the best right. acting. Right. Yes. Um, and I think that especially and clearly to me um, relates to Greta Lee. Cause like I've, mm -hmm. I've watched both Greta Lee and Barbie twice and right. on second viewings of both, I appreciated their performances, Margot Robbie's and uh, Greta Lee's more on that second performance. Cause the thing with, with, with Greta Lee is like, it's such a, it, it is a very normal performance. Right. She's just playing like a normal person in the world, but there's so much right. subtlety and like nuance in what she's doing when you really pay attention that yeah. that's why it's my favorite of the year. And I mm -hmm. think honestly, you could say something similar about Margot Robbie and Barbie. Like she's sort right. of the straight man of yeah, Barbie. Sure. Like it's, yeah. she's not like the big bombastic performance, but she is doing a lot of, nuanced detail in her performance and like and there's a progression that like i i heard her talk about in one of those round tables and mm -hmm. of, of the style of acting she does from the beginning to the end it subtly changes and it is something that once she pointed out i was like oh yeah that is what i'm connecting with on the second viewing of it um mm. it, you know she goes from like very confident and rigid in her in her the way she talks and moves and everything to like more loose and human by the end. Right. Um, yeah. And you know, it, I, I, yeah, I think one, it's a big comedy. It made a lot of money and yep. maybe the Oscars just didn't feel the need to like reward her for that. For some reason, even though they rewarded <laughs> the movie in other, <laughs> other sure, places. Sure. Um, and two, yeah, like she, she's doing, she's not doing the most acting in right. that movie or right. compared to other actresses this year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I also think that there's um yeah, maybe that's really what it comes down to is just I think it's about people stretching themselves mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times. Now, I don't know. I haven't seen Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't know how much Lily Gladstone is stretching herself uh right. I, I assume she's playing a regular person um but there's historic uh considerations with that yeah um uh, yeah. and you know all that stuff goes into it uh and for whatever reason margot robbie and greta lee just didn't make their cut yeah uh, maybe they were super close you know maybe it was like neck and neck with but it is odd that Annette Bening's in there, if only because not because the I didn't see the movie, but just because the movie's so sort of under the radar. Yeah, um, I mean it's on Netflix, but I don't know that anybody yeah, but, 
Yeah. It's not like you don't go on Netflix and like top 10, yeah. my ad, you know, like, yeah, I mean, no one's talking about it that much. Right. And anytime right. I hear anyone talking about it, the, the thing I hear get singled out is more Jodie Foster's performance. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I, I want to go back to you, you kind of, even though you didn't see it, you, I think you hit on it with Lily mm-hmm. Gladstone's performance because mm-hmm. she is also in that same class, I think with Margot Robbie and um, Greta Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guessed, that she's playing like a very normal person and gives a very like normal person performance, so to speak. Um, right. And it's that's the reason that like watching it, that movie the first time, I didn't feel like I connected with it as much as I wanted to. And I wanted to watch that movie again, but it being a three and a half hour movie has made that hard. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah, I yeah. really think that if I watched Killers of the Flower Moon again, not only would the movie as a whole like kind of blossom for me in a way, but I think her performance, I would, I would hook into it so much more in the same way that I did with those other two I'd mentioned in the end. I do think that it's either going to be stone or Gladstone, Emma stone or Lily Gladstone because oh, stone or Gladstone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, Cause Lily Gladstone had been winning a lot of awards, right? Um, but it does have that working against it. That it's like sort of a normal person performance, even though it's a really good performance and deserves mm-hmm. recognition. Um, and then Emma Stone is doing a lot of acting and poor things. <laughs> right. She, right. Uh, she's doing the most acting maybe in this yeah. category, uh, at least with the movies I've seen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think, I think it's pretty good odds that it'll be Lily Gladstone. And part of it is also because Emma Stone has won an Oscar already. Yeah. Uh, it's not, you know, the first time that they would have given it to someone twice, especially when you maybe thought it would be someone else. Um, but I just think that I also there's just I think it's just going to be her. <laughs> yeah. That's my sense of things. And nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong. With that. And so, yeah, sorry. L- let's move on to actress in a supporting role. The nominees mm-hmm. there are Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks for The Color Purple, America Ferrera for Barbie, Jodie Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Uh, so Ferrera was a surprise to me. Um, for me as well. I haven't seen The Color Purple. Nor but have I. was surprised that Daniel Brooks was nominated, though I do like her as an actor. I've only seen her in television, mm-hmm. really, I think. Um, yeah. Orange is the New Black and Peacemaker, especially. Uh, so it was kind of nice to see her get it, get uh, some recognition in that way, even though I haven't seen that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, the the weak link of the ones I've seen here um, mm-hmm. are is Emily Blunt. I just thought that yeah. her role in Oppenheimer, like I, I thought it was underwritten, and that didn't help her give the best performance that I thought she could have given if given more character to work with. Yeah. Um, she has good moments, but right. Um, it feels, well, this is also, I think the prestige concept, like Oppenheimer is the prestige movie of the year. So they're going to sort of include it as much as they can. Exactly. Um, and it's not to say that, yeah, that she's, I think she's done better work. I think there's movies where she's stood out more Mm -hmm. um, than this one. Uh, It's not a holy shit performance. And maybe that's my sort of very simplistic yardstick for Oscar, (laughs) you know, uh, performances. Like, did I come away with it being like, damn, like that person acted Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be 
big, it could be big or it could be small or whatever, but just that sort of like, wow, feeling. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that from Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer, but I agree with you that, I mean, there's not a lot there. There's only so much she had to work with. Yeah. But um, yeah, I do think divine joy Brown is going to win it. And I'm mm -hmm. totally fine with that. Like I, th I thought she was one of the best parts of that movie, mm -hmm. um, which is a good movie. Um, yeah. yeah I'd she's like really to good. See it. And she's been winning a lot of awards. I think she's pretty right. much the hands-on favorite to win. Uh, yeah. You know, um, so animated feature film, the nominees are the boy and the heron, uh, elemental Nimona, Robot mm -hmm. Dreams and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I've only seen two of those, The Boy and the Heron and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Both of those are in my top 10. I have a feeling it's going to be The Boy and the Heron because this is most likely Miyazaki's last movie. Mm. Um, but he's also, I think, said that before and then he had this come out. Uh, um, so it was like I Kiss. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, it's... I think I have it at number two or three in my top 10. Uh, wow. it's, my, it's my second favorite movie of the year. So I, I'm fine with it winning. <laughs> what, what are yeah, your thoughts cool. on this? Yeah, that's cool. I can tell you that I've seen zero of any of these. Right. So I still have to see the first Spider-Man oh, yeah. animated one. What's the first one called? Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. And those aren't connected to the Marvel movies at all. Like You can go into them cold, right? Yeah, you could totally go in. There, there is a connection, but it's so tentative it doesn't matter. Okay, cool. It's more like an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I need to still sort of... I don't love... I mean, yeah, animated is not my first sort of go-to also. So I, But yeah. I would like to... There's enough time that I can actually... When are the awards? Because I think I can actually get through all these um, <laughs> in time. Yeah, for let me look it up. March 10th. March 10th, okay. Okay, yeah, so I got time. Okay, um, so moving on, cinematography. Um, I've seen four out of five of these, and none of these was a surprise. Um, this made me want to see El Conde because I'd heard of that movie, but... Um, I didn't really know much about it. It's, it's by the director uh, of Jackie and Spencer, Pablo Lorraine. Oh. And I really liked Jackie, not so much Spencer personally. Yeah. Um, but El Conde like sounds Spencer. interesting. And I guess it looks great. We'll see. Cool. Yeah. 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 yeah I like both those movies. So I'm, I'm into, I'd be curious to see that. Yeah. But, um, but I mean, I guess I think Oppenheimer's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if any of the four I've seen win. I mean, Al Conde's not going to win, probably, because this is his only nomination. That just doesn't happen that often. But Right. Um, but Oppenheimer seems like it's going to sweep a lot of stuff, so I bet it gets yeah it gets it with all, all those others. Hoyt Van Hoytma. And I guess he's, like, up and coming or has mm. been or whatever, like, you know, in his own way, sort of, like, yeah. do for... Although I didn't, th I didn't think there was anything like super. Sp I mean, it was beautiful. Don't get me wrong, but again, that sort of like, was I shocked? You know, like I wasn't. Sh I was. Uh, it did, looked like you a didn't Christopher see it in Nolan. IMAX, did you? I did. I saw. Oh, it you did say it. Say it in IMAX. See, I think that's part of it. Like we have to remember that everything but Best Picture, the nominations are chosen by the people in that branch. So I. Bet cinematographers look at the work he did in Oppenheimer and all the different formats, and they're like, "Damn, this guy cooked," you know? Sure. Um. So, sure. 
that doesn't mean that the full body, the full voting body, when everybody votes, is going to vote that the winner, though. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, costume design. Uh, we got Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. No real surprises here. Costume dramas uh, and right, uh, right. Barbie, which um, definitely had some I, costume design in it. And I feel like that's where Barbie is. is I feel like costume and production design are probably going to. Yeah, probably. Honestly, I can see any of these winning. Uh, I think Oppenheimer might be actually the least likely here. Um, which is oh awesome. yeah the cost well we all love the costumes in Oppenheimer. <laughs> I mean they're good. I actually dressed as Oppenheimer for Halloween, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I was so inspired by it. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I uh, I could see any of these winning, but yeah, right. Okay, directing the nominees were Justine Triette for Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for poor things and Jonathan Glazer for the zone of interest. Triette was a surprise. I'm not totally shocked that Gerwig wasn't nominated for a lot of the same reasons. Honestly, we were talking about for Margot Robbie not being nominated. They don't really value comedy that much. Also, she is a woman and apparently they can only nominate one woman at a time in any year that they do actually deem to nominate a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I do wish Celine song had been nominated here too. Um, for past lives, sure. I, I thought she did a great job. That's such like a, a mesmerizing movie to me. Um, mm-hmm. And the only one of these I haven't seen is the Zone of Interest um, because it's right. not available where I am yet. I mean, I think. Come on, Christopher Nolan's going to win this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's obviously Nolan's yeah. time. I, I would have. I remember thinking that he should have won for Dunkirk. Mm. Um. Yeah, but it's cool, you know. Let him win for this, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is my favorite of his of his movies. It's, I think, the best mm-hmm. job he's done. Um, yeah. and I've liked his movies. I've never been like, yeah, like we talked about in our Oppenheimer episode. I've never been right. like a stand for him or anything. Right, right. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's also if if you don't think that like it's his best movie there's an argument to be made of just how many great movies he's made yeah. and like, you know, you got to give it to him at some point. Sure. Sure. Uh, and if it's not for this, what is it going to be? Yeah. I just think it'll be nice if they give it to him for his actual best movie, which I think this is, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Um, so moving on to documentary feature film, um, I'm just going to say, I have not seen any of these and unfortunately had not really heard of most of these. I think the only one I'd heard of was, is 20 days in Mariupol. The other four are um, to kill a tiger Four daughters, the eternal memory and Bobby wine, the people's president or Bobby wine, people's president. I'm not sure which that is mm-hmm. for me. A lot of times these Oscar nominations for documentary are like what lead me to watch these movies. Cause I don't necessarily right. get a chance to hear about them or see them in advance. Cause they might not be playing yet in a lot of places. Um, yes. so yeah, I look at this as an opportunity, uh, and I have same. no idea what will win, but same, same. Yeah. And, um, pretty much the same for a documentary short film. And, uh, let's, let's just move on to film editing. Uh, the nominees there are anatomy of a fall, the holdovers, color of the flower moon, Oppenheimer, poor things. I, I mean, I have a feeling this is going to be Oppenheimer. 
for good reason, but also yeah, that makes sweep. sense. Yeah, yeah, right. And it's interesting how you know you're you get to these awards and uh, it's always like there's just there's just movies that dominate. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's not just like oh Oppenheimer, which has thirteen nominations. It's like the categories are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have. Like, I don't know, maybe Past Lives could have been in the editing. I mean, there's yeah. some pretty decent editing in that movie. But totally. um, it's like, I don't know, it's like they get bored or so, or they get tired. or <laughs> I don't yeah. know. They like don't want to go out on a limb. I, I will say this categories. about these. Um, I know that you can tell that editors nominated these because right. so many people think editing is about making things shorter. And mm-hmm. we have Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon. Right. And Oppenheimer in here. And The Holdovers isn't a short movie either. Right. Um, so I do think that that's worth noting. But it's also like with Killers, I assume Thelma Shoemaker edited it. Yeah. Correct. Yes. So it's that thing of like nominating Meryl Streep again. You know, it's like we know. I, I, I don't know. It's this is the other question about the awards is so we, we kind of went over the merit version of the awards. Now I'm sort of like looking at it from the, the fairness or the representation and not just representation as far as um, race or gender. um, Although those things are important, but also like, are we really going to nominate the same person every single time they make a movie? Like we get it. They're great. They have their Oscar or their two. (laughs) Wait till we get the score, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh, I know. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. And that was my feeling that I had. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So international, uh, uh, sorry, international feature film. Let's move on to that. Mm -hmm. So the nominees are, Io Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Lounge from Germany, and The Zone of Interest from the United Kingdom. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say, I think I think Zone of Interest is going to win. Um, mm-hmm. I think Anatomy of a Fall, especially given all the other nominations it ended up getting, would have won this if France had put it up instead of the movie they did uh, submit. Mm-hmm. Um, so France kind of shot themselves in the foot here. Yeah. Uh, Classic France. Class. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any of these. I've heard of Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest is the only one I've actually heard of. Um, Society of the Snow is on Netflix now, I think. It's it's uh, another version of the... It's based on the same story that Alive, the movie Alive, is based on. Oh, about the, okay. I believe. Sure. So there's that. And Perfect Days is a Vim Vendor's movie. Um, I've seen trailers oh. for it. Uh, it's it's not playing here yet, um, but it's from Japan because he shot it there with a oh. Japanese cast. Yeah, it, it's it it it's this. Uh, it follows this There's guy who cleans toilets in Tokyo, I believe. Oh, yeah. Like you said before, it is a sort of opportunity to see stuff that maybe I wouldn't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, yeah, I think often with international, that is, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I don't live in New York anymore. I live in in North Florida where where we don't have an art house cinema or mm-hmm. independent cinema so much. So, like, this is telling me what to look out for when it, it's streaming right. or if it does end up coming here at some point more than yeah. something I could have seen in advance. 
Um, but anyway, moving on to makeup and hairstyling. Nominees are Golda, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and Society of the Snow. Um, I have not seen Golda or Society of the Snow. Um, I mean, Maestro is going to win this, I think. Uh, Kazu oh, Hero yeah. doing doing the, the, the makeup job on Bradley Cooper, I think, is going right, to get right. that. And he's like a favorite Kazu Hero. Um, okay. He did, uh, I believe, the makeup for... Gary Oldman in The Darkest Hour. Oh, yeah, I think that makes sense that yeah. he would uh, that that would win. Original score. The nominees here are American Fiction, Laura Karpman, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, John Williams, Colors of the Flower Moon, Robbie Robertson, Oppenheimer, Ludwig Göransson, Poor Things, Jerskin Fendrix. Um, I have had Oppenheimer's soundtrack on repeat for right, right. half a year now uh yeah. it's ingrained in my soul at this point so yeah, i yeah. hope it wins i think it probably will win and i yeah. think there's no damn reason that john williams needed another <laughs> nomination yes yes so this is what you were talking about before right yes Ex absolutely uh if by some miracle John Williams came up with an amazing sort of standout theme for Dial of Destiny, not unlike, you know, the kind of Last Crusade theme or, you know, uh, the uh, Attack of the Clones theme, which yeah. sounds like I'm making a joke, but I'm serious. No, uh, his, his work in those prequels was good. Duel yeah. of the Fates in that in episode right? one. So good. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if he had done something like that, I could see that. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty standard, like nothing new, Indiana Jones, John Williams music. So, yes, I don't I don't understand what mm -hmm. the sort of yeah. point of that is. And then I thought that um, the music, I mean, this would never make it, but <laughs> the music in uh, How to Bomb a Pipeline mm. Uh, was very good. How to blow up and a pipeline. How to yeah. blow up a pipeline. Oh, that's a good Sorry. call. That's a good call. Two yeah, that was never in the in the running here. I think. Right, right. That's a good uh, yeah. I don't think how to blow up a pipeline was. Um, uh, it was apparently rejected by multiple. I think it's too controversial. For, yeah. for Hollywood, but um, which is kind of silly. But uh, I like the music a lot in that movie, and that would have been cool. And then I like the music a lot in Saltburn too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think there were other, maybe, uh, not as well-known, you know, opportunities to, to shine a light. Yeah. Um, I, a couple that I saw people pointing out didn't get nominated, which I agree is a shame are the boy and the heron, um, mm -hmm. and across the spider verse, which I, maybe okay. this just goes to like the. You know, the the Academy also not taking animation as seriously as right. could and often not nominating it anywhere outside of the animation category itself. Yeah. Um but but those both had excellent scores that also mm -hmm. that I've also been listening to quite a lot. Um nice. yeah. But uh yeah, I think I think Gorenson's gonna win. I wouldn't but Yeah, I think so too. It it wouldn't surprise me though if Robbie Robertson won. Oh sure, it's a good score, but I mean, not to be morbid, but he did unfortunately just pass away 
this past year. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the Academy does sometimes do that uh, right, honor people right. for that reason. And I'm not saying that doesn't, I'm not saying that means he doesn't deserve an award. Um, mm -hmm. Not saying that at all. It was a very yeah. good score. Um, moving on, music, original song. Um, we got we got a song from Flamin' Hot, right? About those Cheetos. Um, yeah, it's just Is that showing. What the about yeah, it's about the it's it's about the story of the the janitor, I think, at the Cheetos factory who pitched it to the CEO, and then they became the biggest thing in the world. But I think that story has also maybe been debunked since then. I don't know. Okay. Um, well. Anyway, it's directed by Ava Longoria. Yeah, right? yeah. It was on Hulu for a while. I don't, it probably still mm -hmm. is. Uh, but that song's called The Fire Inside, and it is Big. written by Diane Warren, uh, who has been nominated a million times. Right. She's yeah. the John Williams of this category, probably. Right, right, right. Oh, yeah. Back to John Williams, though. I did want to say that I, I think I read he is, he is now and still the oldest nominee ever. Okay. At the, by the Oscars at all. He already mm -hmm. was, but now he's he's uh, extended more, that because he's right. older now, of course. Even more old, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, I think he he already had the the record for the most nominations ever and has just extended that record. Right. So, so it's that. like they're just trying to keep up some weird Guinness. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's the, they just want to make it unbreakable. Um, yeah. But back to original song. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Diane Warren. I'm just Ken from Barbie. Mm -hmm. uh, it never went away from American Symphony. Um, I don't know how to say this. Wajaje? I don't remember. It's a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon. And mm -hmm. what was I made for from Barbie? Yeah. I mean, I have a feeling Billie Eilish is going to win another Oscar. But yeah. honestly, watching Barbie again, like I think I'm just Ken is the better song, uh, or at least like I, I agree. we've talked about in previous podcasts. I prefer. I wish this was called like best use of music or something like that mm -hmm. instead of right. just best song, because I think both are used well. But like that, I'm just Ken number in that movie is so well, good. Yeah, so, right. I don't know. And it's a real song for the movie. Yeah. Uh, not that the Billie Eilish song isn't, but it's more like inspired by. Yeah. Whereas I'm just Ken is like a part of. Yeah, the it's movie. part of the story. Uh, Whereas yeah. what what was I made for as part of the soundtrack in a good yeah. way? It it yeah, helps for move sure. the movie along and is thematically yeah. on point, but still, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm just Ken would be my vote, even though I haven't heard the other three songs. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay. American Symphony was supposed to be good. If I, you yeah. Like I've heard it was good. I'm probably going to get around to watching that at some point soon. Yeah. Um. So, best picture. All right. This is the big one, obviously. We got 10 mm. of these this year. Um, we got American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. So... I've seen all of these, but the zone of interest again, because it's not playing uh, mm -hmm. where I am yet. And I will just say, I don't think Maestro should be here. Um, mm -hmm. That's my first big thing. <laughs> uh, yep. I am glad that past lives was here since it didn't get some other nominations. I wish it had. 
Um, overall, I got to say it's not a bad lineup, I suppose. Um, what do you think of this? Yeah, I can't speak with as much authority because I've only seen one, two, three, four okay. of the films. Um, but I also would certainly not put Maestro in this. Um, and it's kind of like... I mean, I think Oppenheimer is going to win. Yeah. Uh, I, th I think that's like where, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. kind of it, it, it checks all the boxes. And again, it's, you know, it's it's Nolan's time to to shine and in a big way. And so I think that's probably where it's where it's at. It may be. By some crazy fluke, Barbie, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I can't imagine. It's just hard to imagine. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, and then I don't think anything else is really like. I don't know. Got the buzz. Well, know, I think if was... anything's gonna upset it, it might be the holdovers. I feel like that movie has gotten some more attention lately. Right. Right. Even though it didn't get a director nom. Um. Mm -hmm. But anyway. I think that could happen. I mean, with this with this 10 nominee thing, that's it's really like I feel like shaking things up in some years. Like mm -hmm. I don't think um the director of Coda was nominated. Right? And that one best picture. Right. right. Um so it happens. So. There is precedent. I I forget what else was nominated that year, but um because I think Coda I think Coda had it had the, that buzz going in. It had momentum going into the going into. Yeah, the I don't think Oppenheimer is going to get overtaken. Um, I don't. No, yeah, no, I, don't, I, I think there wasn't an Oppenheimer that year where it was like that's going to win. Right. Um, right. And everyone had just decided six months earlier, and it, that never changed. There was no. There was no Green Book that year. Yeah. You know, one you knew was going to take the, the award, and that deserved to. <laughs> <laughs> For for our for our listening audience who may not know Chuck, uh, <laughs> he is kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Agreed, but... Um. Just real quickly, if you don't mind, I was going to share my top ten uh, movies sure. of the year, which have nothing to do with what was nominated, except there is obviously some overlap. But like, mm -hmm. this wasn't me trying to guess the top ten. This is my right. top ten. So mm -hmm. at number one, I have. Should I go from one or ten? No, go from ten. Okay. Count down. Okay. At number ten, I have Across the Spider Verse. Okay. Nine, I have The Killer. Ten, uh, oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Eight, I have Anatomy of a Fall. Mm -hmm. Seven, I have Priscilla. At six, I have Asteroid City. Mm -hmm. Five, I have Poor Things. At four, I have How to Blow Up a Pipeline. At three, I have Past Lives. At two, I have The Boy and the Heron. And at one, I have Oppenheimer. Nice. I do wonder if the Iron Claw, Killers of the Flower Moon, or May December might creep into my top ten if I get okay. a chance to watch them again. Um, those yeah. were all movies that I liked, and the more I think about them, I either want to see them again or like they just kind mm -hmm. of are growing in my mind, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I, back to the actual nominees, I definitely think it's Oppenheimer. <laughs> so yeah, um, for sure. And obviously, I'm okay with that because it was my yeah, favorite yeah, movie totally. of the year. So right. Um, yeah, I think that's what it'll be. Yeah. Production design. Um, Barbie. 
yeah. Nominees are Barbie, Killers of Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. I mean, all really well-designed movies. I do think if you were saying that you think Barbie's going to win, I, I think I agree with you. Yeah. Um, I they really like wish. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Created a, a pink paint shortage in the yeah. world. Sure. Which uh, is uh, my yardstick for production design. Uh, yeah. Right, I mean, right. they, they just brought that world to life in a very colorful and interesting way. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I would have preferred to get Napoleon out of there and put in Asteroid City just so it could get something. That movie is so right, I was well about designed. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what that movie is. And that's kind right. of what like Wes Anderson's whole thing more and more is like directing through production design. Yeah. Um. So I wish that it at least gotten this. I also think that yeah. the d production design of Priscilla was really good. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so those are a couple I would have thrown in there, maybe. Um, animated short film. Um, I don't think we know any of these. These would be good to to seek out. Uh, let's let's move on to. Uh, I, I would say the same about live action short film, probably. Oh no, yeah, that's all like the good, uh, like the reason to go to like the IFC. Yeah, exactly. The, although I will say, here there is a more high profile director than there normally is. Uh, Wes mm. Anderson's probably going to win his first Oscar for live action short film. Oh, okay. Uh, which I saw, uh, he has four of those rolled doll shorts on Netflix. They've been up there for a while now and, mm -hmm. uh, they're all pretty good. I think this one, and there's another one that I'm forgetting the name of are, are my favorites. They're formally, um, I think interesting. Some people would probably say obnoxious. <laughs> but I liked it. I liked it. Okay. Because like, he, he kind of incorporates the narration of the book into the piece. Uh, okay. For all in, in a way that I thought, like I said, was interesting, but anyway, right. Right. Um, sound. Um, the nominees are the creator maestro mission impossible dead reckoning part one Oppenheimer and the zone of interest. This is one of those categories that always begets the, the the movie that isn't going to get any other nominations anywhere else where you can finally say mm -hmm. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 Oscar nominee. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, which I liked that movie a lot, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, I I was I was so I was kind of surprised, maybe I shouldn't have been, but pleased to see the creator in here because mm -hmm. I thought that that movie was not the best movie, but what they did visually for that movie was so mm -hmm. impressive and on right. a relatively shoestring budget compared to some movies these days. Like yeah. it looked so realistic, all these like very inventive things. And um, like I said, they didn't have much money or they didn't use mm -hmm. much money. They, so right, right. it was very impressive. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe that, I feel like it's, it's a category where something like that, I could see either something like that or definitely the sound plays a very important role in Oppenheimer. And yeah. I could see, see them giving it to. Yeah. And to be clear, my, my comments on the creator uh, refer both to sound, which we're talking about and visual effects, which is coming up next. I might've right. made that sound confusing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess I think Oppenheimer is probably going to win this. Yeah. Um, I think so. It, yeah. The sound was 
a big part of it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you saw it in a big IMAX Dolby theater or something. Right, right. Um, visual effects, again, the creator, Godzilla Minus One, which I have not seen. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mission Impossible again, and Napoleon. Um, yeah, I think it'd probably be the creator or Godzilla would be my guess. Yeah, I guess so. I just don't, I just don't think they care enough about the other three. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and again, yeah. I'd be cool with the creator winning, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird that Oppenheimer didn't get nominated. I think it's they're really leaning towards not practical visual right. effects here and that had right. a lot of practical effects so I know. Mm-hmm. all right now we're getting to the writing categories mm-hmm. um adapted screenplay american fiction barbie oppenheimer poor things the zone of interest mm-hmm. i don't know this one's tough honestly <laughs> yeah it's tough um i know that you know my initial thought was like barbie adapted really but then i realized that there is like a canon of character and story that it's drawing from. And yeah. it's not just like based on a doll, you right. know, like there's a whole thing that it's kind of taking. Well, they the did, from. I think submit it as original and the Academy said, no, you're adapted. And okay. when they, that was announced a few weeks back, a lot mm-hmm. of people question that one of those being Judd Apatow in a big, mm-hmm loud way on Twitter and everybody kind of dragged him <laughs> for being so bent out of shape about it, um, which was kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know what's going to win this. I think um, it's Barbie or Oppenheimer. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I, kind of I really don't know. Barbie. Any of these could. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like, I mean, we haven't really guessed that Barbie's going to win anything except costume or uh, I guess uh, production design. And I sort of think that the screenplay is where Barbie shines and where Barbie surprised everybody yeah was with the screenplay so i think that i think this is the opportunity for it to to win yeah not having seen three out of the five but um just sort of based on yeah you know what i do know right yeah i think any of these could win honestly Mm. yeah um Writing original screenplay uh, nominees are Anatomy of a Fall, The Holdovers, Maestro, May, December, and Past Lives. Yeah. Um, as we're recording this, Chuck and I are about to record an episode about Maestro, in which mm-hmm. I will reveal. Um, well, I'll <laughs> reveal it now. I'm, I'm spoiling my own review that I think yeah. the main problem with Maestro is the screenplay. So I really yes. wish it had not been nominated here. I think everything else about that movie is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. And then the screenplay just doesn't do it. Yeah, I would I would agree that the screenplay is weak and disjointed and weird. And disjointed is in my review, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I I didn't read it. Yeah. Uh, And so, yes, I think that that would be is so bizarre. Yeah, it's in there. Um, None of these. Others surprise me. I mean, Maestro getting nominated doesn't surprise me. It just disappoints me more than anything. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think it'd be cool if Past Lives won. I mean, I yeah. think it would be nice if that was the opportunity for something super small yeah. to make a make a difference. Not unlike um, Women Talking. Yeah. Last oh, year. Yeah, that did win, didn't it? 
Uh-huh. I kind of think it's going to be anatomy of a fall. Um, but I wouldn't be right. surprised if it's the holdovers or past lives. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be May, December. There's been a lot of talk about why that movie didn't get as many um, Oscar nominations, yeah. especially acting nominations. And because the movie, sure. you know, kind of like shines a light on actors who, who ex- some could say exploit the mm-hmm. pain of others <laughs> for, to, right. to do their work. Uh, right. Which maybe actors who were tasked with nominating performances did not appreciate that light being shined on them. <laughs> so that, that's the that's the scuttlebutt about that. So uh-huh. um, anyway, were there specific actors who were? Uh, no, I don't think anyone specific. I think there's just like a lot of speculation out there that that actors mm-hmm. didn't enjoy being told that maybe what they do is sometimes uh, predatory. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course they didn't. Like yeah. Um, which I think the movie is subtle in its delivery of that message. So good for them for getting it, I guess. I well, know. it's also just like actors get over yourself. Exactly. Um, um, they only like to tell other people how they're doing things <laughs> wrong. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all of our thoughts on that. So Chuck, thank you for your time and your opinions here. And, uh, maybe we'll revisit some of this later. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to Stereoactive Presents, and thank you to our guest, Charles Henshaw. The music in this podcast is composed by Hansdale Sue. My name is Jeremiah Lee McVeigh. If you like what you hear in the show, please rate and review it in Good Pods, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else that allows that. Doing so helps us to expand our audience, and it's much appreciated. And please follow us wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Every little bit helps, and like I said, it is truly appreciated. You can also get in touch with us at stereoactivemedia at gmail.com, and you can find more information about this show and everything else that Stereoactive Media is involved with at stereoactivemedia.com. This podcast is produced by Stereoactive Media.